You're now tuned in to the Fast Fork Podcast. We like to joke that you don't have a slow metabolism. You've just got a fast fork. This podcast is sponsored by Fast Weight Loss 365 and Liberty Fitness Ventures. Let's get things started. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Fast Fork Podcast. Whether this is your first time listening or you've been following us along so far on this journey, welcome. Um, you know, my name is Zach Schott, and I'm along here with with Lenny. What's going on, Lenny? Hey, how's it going, Zach? And how's everybody doing today? So, um, yeah, like today, what we're going to be um, talking about mainly, uh, Zach and I, we thought it'd be a good idea to go over some um, challenges that you might encounter, especially during the summer with everything going on. Um, you know, a lot of us are a little bit more socially active during the summer. I know, especially up here where I am in Massachusetts, um, you know, not so much Zach. I mean, it's pretty much summer almost year round in Florida. <laughs> so you might, uh, might not see this spike as much during the summer, but it's definitely something we deal with. So we thought, um, it'd be a good idea to go over some challenges that everyone's probably going to be encountering over the summer. Not just that, but, you know, normal everyday challenges as well. So, Zach, you want to um, start with the social gatherings and some of the things you've experienced with clients and how we, you know, use some tips and advice to um, help out with these challenges that people face? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think the, the kind of the two first things that we wanted to maybe touch upon um, when it comes to some challenges, the common challenges and things kind of are lumped together to me, which are kind of like the, the social gatherings and eating at restaurants, you know, so when it when it comes to these two topics, you know, there, there's always a few ways to approach them, you know, like it, I always try to discuss with somebody like you got to have some sort of expectation set going into them. Right. So like, it's a reality that like, you are going to have plenty of things, events, parties, birthdays, celebrations, they're going to happen all year long. So you can't put your life on hold, you know, just to to try and reach some, some goal, um, you know, but you can approach it in a certain way. So like, I always tell people like, you got kind of like three ways to look at this. You can either A, buckle down and like, no matter what happens, you go this social gathering, you go to the restaurant, you were like, you were hard, you were sticking to whatever you're, you know, you're kind of supposed to be doing, right? Like that's one way to do it. And it's not, not always easier, the most fun to approach it that way. Or you can approach it like, you're going to go and you're going to enjoy yourself, but you're going to, you know, eat kind of whatever is there and, and, and options and not be too strict about it, but still moderate it. Right. Which is more of like a maintenance mode, in my opinion, you know, it's kind of like those days, which I think are healthy for anybody to have, whether you're just trying to achieve a certain fitness level or, mm-hmm. or weight loss is to have days that are just maintenance, right? Like resting for your metabolism to not go in a deficit of calories. Um, so those are okay too, right? There's a way you could do it in moderation and still enjoy some of each and everything at some sort of gathering restaurant. Or you can just accept the fact that if you want to eat what you want to eat and not have any kind of, uh, you know, focus on or whatever, just accept the fact that you might be over, you know, your food intake for that day and you might see a little bit go up, right? On, on the scale, which, yeah. you know, the fact of the matter is 
when someone sees that, you know, multiple pound gain and when all they did was enjoy, you know, one party or something, it's mm-hmm. impossible to almost, almost impossible, I should say, for them yeah. to have gained that in actual fat. So, you know, it is annoying to see it and frustrating on the scale, but the reality is maybe you gained at most a quarter pound of, of fat. And that's really for most people still, you have to go over a decent amount to do that in a day. You know, yeah. so it's if you look at it as like this social gathering event is one out of my 21 eating opportunities for the week, you know, or say you have two social events that week, it's two out of 21 that I that I might not be on top of it as much. That still leaves a lot of room to make great progress for the week. You know, what do you what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think one thing I prep my clients about a lot of times is preparing for that social gathering. So, you know, if you want to make room in your diet if you know hey i'm going to go to a cookout and i want to enjoy myself kind of like what you said if you've decided hey i'm going to go there i'm going to eat what i want i'm going to enjoy my time you know with my friends or family one of the key things you can do is eliminate certain amount of calories per day so you still hit your total weekly that you're looking for but you're just taking a little off every day cuz you know you're going to have those extra calories during that cookout. So like depending kind of what you said, depending how much you consume that day, obviously you don't want to go overboard, but there's really nothing wrong with enjoying yourself, especially when it comes to food and like going and having a social life. I think that's what turns people off of, you know, the weight loss journey in itself is a lot of times they think, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to go to cookouts. I'm not going to be be able to go out to eat. I'm not going to be able to have a social life which all those things are false. You know, if that was true, then all the healthy people would be short shut-ins and then everyone outside would be overweight. And that's, that's just not, you know, what we really see. So I think the key to doing it, kind of like you said, if it is one of those things where you don't want to regulate yourself, if you're like, I just want to go have a good time, you know, you know, knock off a couple of calories per day. That way, once you go there, you know, you're going to be consuming a little bit more. And so that's really if that's the route clients want to go, that's what I tell them. Or kind of like you said, some people are perfectly fine with just being restrictive that day as well. And, you know, instead of, you know, you know, eating, you know, two hot dogs, you just, you know, have some salad. That's, you know, because there's plenty of salad normally at cookouts and knowing what you're eating and, and what calorie and what's in it as far as like caloric intake is important as well. Um, another thing, kind of what I said too, is eating at restaurants. Um, and this isn't so much just the summer, but just kind of being social. And I'll say like, I'm a very social person and, um, eating out is like one of the things that like people just do. And it's funny because there's not a lot of things you can do on a weekly basis that don't include eating out or something like that. Like, I mean, you know, people do Tough Mudders and Spartans and stuff like that, but it's not like weekly. Um, so this is another big one. What, what kind of advice do you have clients on, on restaurant eating? Yeah. So, you know, nowadays, almost every restaurant, I I say almost because there's some obviously that don't, but almost every restaurant, even fast food restaurants, you know, or fast food places have some sort of option that even if you're trying to stay like really on top of things, like that you can do pretty well with, right? Like almost every restaurant has some sort of, of veggies, some sort of like steak chicken shrimp salmon tilapia like some sort of like protein and vegetables and that's how i tell people to try 
most of the time to try and stick with when they go out. And mm-hmm. I don't say that because you need to be so restrictive. I only say that because how often does it like if you're at the restaurant, like how well uh, equipped are you usually to, to handle? Let's say they bring a, a basket of bread to the table. Do you usually take one little corner off of that bread, you know, a little bit of butter and there's your bread? No, you know, most people you're like, yeah. you eat one of the whole <laughs> big, you know, half a baguette. Uh, that that comes to the table before your meal even comes and then you eat the whole thing. And so, you know, it's just because it's reality where it's hard when we're in those social situations to, to sometimes, sometimes moderate those choices. And I always find, at least in my experience and from my experience working with clients is it's, it's usually the carb stuff and it's not demonizing carbs. If we eat them in the right amounts, they're perfectly great for us. But Mm -hmm. most of us, go over uh you know what we really should be probably eating in, in carbs so sticking with some sort of like meat or like protein and veggies when you go out is usually doable even if like maybe you know you try to you know you get a, a double burger and you just throw out the bun and again this is not to say that you can't yeah. have the bun but it's just you're usually going to be better off if you try and stick with more protein and veggies at, at a restaurant yeah. And that's, you know, that's why they call them um, endless breadsticks. You know, that's <laughs> it's kind of funny. Like that's, that's immediately what I thought of. I was like, that's, that's the theory behind endless breadsticks. You will put down baskets of those things, especially if you get that marinara sauce. So it's, you know, you know, it's, you're right. Like the carbs, you just have to keep an eye on. Um, one thing that I do find again, that are at most restaurants, I think actually some States, they legally have to do it now is put the calories next to the meal. So those like, obviously that'll fluctuate a little bit, but not too far off. Um, one experience I had was um, I went to the cheesecake factory for dinner one time. And have you ever looked at that menu with the calories? Yes. Yeah, like, one are one really like appetizer, like of this, like weird Mac and cheese bites they had was like 2,300 calories. <laughs> I was blown away. I didn't really, I mean, I mean, it's, it's by everything, but if to me that, you know, I name dropped the cheesecake factory, but I think everybody knows that's just like super high calorie food. So pay attention to those numbers because they might not be exact, but it's a great guide. Yeah. It, you know, that's the thing with, with those at the restaurants too, is like, usually I tell people to like, you're going to be safe. Even if you say like, okay, maybe you don't, try and worry about the carbs as much you're just more worried about your your intake is you're probably okay with things like that yeah 2300 you eat half of that you know you're you're for some women that's like you know two-thirds or three-quarters of their whole intake for the day if they want to lose weight well you know generally i should say though at a lot of restaurants now um is if you try and trying to stick with about half of whatever they give you you know especially in america they get very big portions of things. So you can usually be pretty good with going with about half of whatever they give you at Russia and then just box, you know, box up, take the rest of what home with you, you know? Yeah, no, that's, that's a good plan. Actually. I know um, another advice I give about restaurants is um, I always say, if you want an appetizer and I know this makes no sense, but order it after your meal. Like, because the thing is, everybody gets the appetizer, right? And then they have the meal and they only eat like less than half of the meal, which probably means you didn't need the appetizer. So if you're only going to eat half your meal to start with, just skip the app. If for some reason you're starving at the end of your meal and you do not feel like you've eaten enough, 
guess what? You can order the app after your meal if that's what you really want to do. So that's kind of a like different, but like unique practice that helps people out sometimes, because I know like, I love, like, I love starters. Like I love appetizers. So I kind of um, advise clients, if it's something that you're really trying to lose weight, you're trying to cut down, you know, kind of skip over the appetizer. Your advice is great. Eat about half the meal. And, you know, if there's really an appetizer you still want there, then, you know, that's really when you can hit it. Um, you know, and another big thing too at restaurants as well is, and especially with high calorie food, um, is making sure you're getting enough water. And with it being summer, you're sweating and you're losing more water than normal. Um, and so that's, that's a big one too, is water retention, um, is making sure that you're drinking enough and keeping your metabolism going and making sure that you're drinking like honestly more than the recommended amount, right? We talked about that during the, like, I think two podcasts ago that like the eight glasses of water yeah. isn't, that's not where you should really be. Right. Yeah. And so I just actually kind of, um, made a, made a post about this in our, in our free Facebook group, um, for, for the fast weight loss community is, you know, about water retention essentially. Right. So it is so easy, especially when you're talking about the two previous, you know, points were restaurants, social gatherings, things. It is so easy in those situations, even if you are like spot on perfect with your like calorie intake, carb intake, like any of those things, you know, to, to not see like a water tension. Like every time I eat out, no matter how health conscious and on point I am, I always go up because most places utilize a good amount of, of salt, you know, mm -hmm. in their food. Like for instance, like I think one of the healthier kind of, I don't, they don't even call themselves fast food, but like Chick-fil-A, you yep. know, their chicken is loaded with sodium. You know, mm -hmm. it is technically one of the better out there. And, and when you look at like nutrition and stuff or like kind of fast, more fast food stuff, but there's, you know, one of their, like even the just grilled chicken nuggets, I think it's something like for the, the smaller one, it's like 1200 milligrams uh, of sodium just in that. Right. And like for someone with heart issues or blood pressure issues, 1500 is what they recommend for the whole day. Yeah. So that means in that one little part of your meal, let alone if you get a small fry with it and you have a part of a oh, sauce yeah, you're with over. it, you're over. you're over, you know, and, and, you know, my wife had the honey chipotle chicken crispers from Chili's, mm -hmm. right. Like uh, in the last time we went to Chili's, I looked at it and I was like, this is insane. It's 4,000 milligrams of sodium Jeez. if you eat the whole thing, right. She didn't eat the whole thing, but even half of it then that's 2000 milligrams of sodium, which for most people, the average person, 2,300 is like kind of the limit that they recommend. Um, so, you know, there's like all your sodium in one day. And then you, you know, you take into account things that naturally it occurs in your food and then you cook with it maybe earlier. And then you maybe have some sort of packaged item that day, which everything has sodium to preserve it, yeah, um, which we need, yeah. you know, we do need it to keep products healthier or uh, to keep them whatever, like preserve, but it's just so crazy how if you add it all up, especially if you're eating out a lot, you're going way over. You know, America's in over like crazy in sodium intake. Yeah, it, it really is. And it's it's funny because like the sodium, you know, everybody like obviously you say sodium, people think salt, which is like part of it. But like at the same time, a lot of those things that, you know, the reason there's high sodium content is because it's preserved. What, yeah. like, you know, like you said. So that's a big part of it. And, and so it's hard to find 
it's hard to find things that, you know, are low in sodium. And, and the thing is, again, if you do things in moderation, like your body does need sodium, like that's, that's part of it. It's a mineral, but like you also have to remember that you're right. When you go out to eat everything in a restaurant, everything is preserved, you know, unless you're going to, you know, uh, like farm to table place, which is, you know, sometimes that's different. It's, it's less sodium because they don't have to like preserve it as much, but right. You know, nine times out of 10, you're going to be, you know, doubling, if not tripling your sodium intake, which, you know, again, you know, sodium, what does it do when you add water? Like it's going to make you retain, like it's going to make you bloated. That's, that's what it's going to do. And you're going to feel like groggy all day, which is the worst. So yeah, between that and overdoing, you know, between a little overdoing a sodium, little overdoing a, of carb intake in general, right? Whether it's sugar or regular complex carbs, um, you're, you're going to hold on to some more water. So, you know, without getting too into the science of it, those are what's going to happen is you're going to hold on to some more water. Your body will do that. Uh, I had a perfect example of that. I was, you know, generally eating more vegetarian. Um, mm-hmm. And so you eat a lot more carbs um, the, the previous weeks before Memorial day, but also on top of my normal healthiest source of carbs, I was throwing in good amounts of some, you know, some desserts and sugar, sugar heavy things. And within a couple of weeks, I went up seven pounds and I was like, yeah. you know, I very, I, I felt the bloating. I didn't feel the best with it. You know, I was noticing that. And so I, I kind of did almost like a little experiment where I didn't cut calories, but I only cut some of the, the carb intake and my really high fat and, and protein, um, just because I know that will force off some of the water weight. And lo and behold, I dropped almost seven pounds. Um, so that's all water because I didn't cut calories. If anything, yeah. I went a few, over a few days uh, uh, on calories. So it just shows you that means like you could hold on to, a, our bodies can hold on to like 10 plus pounds of water, especially women, you know? So you have a little bit of time of, kind of doing that where you maybe go a little over um on some of those things out you have to eat at a social gathering or maybe you just have a weekend of binging you know you go overboard you're gonna see that water attention no doubt yeah and you know water is really interesting especially in the fitness world when it comes to it because um you know your body can literally change overnight depending what you eat and how sensitive your body is especially when it comes to our water retention you know a perfect example is like bodybuilders right i don't you know i don't know if anybody um listening has seen a competition but obviously everybody knows what like a bodybuilder is or like a physique model like that's the thing people don't realize about that sport is there are parts of it that are dramatically unhealthy for you which again is when those people are on stage they've like dehydrated their body to like a crazy level in order to show like muscle fibers, striations, all those things that get them points through the judges and stuff like that. And, you know, it just shows you the effect of water because like if those, if after that event, if they go drink water or anything like that, like your body just like sucks it all up. And those people do not look like that, like every day of the year when they're on stage, that's very much like a, like a competition prep and there's a lot that goes into that. Um, and there's science behind that too. And, you know, people can say they do it in a healthy way, but really starving your body of, of water is just not the way to do it. Um, you know, and I, that, that's what happens a lot of times. So uh, water is huge. Like I'm a huge advocate of making sure you have enough of it. 
but also you have to realize that when you intake things, you know, like high amounts of sodium and stuff like that, you are going to retain a little bit. You're going to be bloated. It's going to feel like a little groggy, like I said. Um, so, you know, that's really another challenge, especially when it comes to the summer. Um, you know, another one that we had talked about, um, and it's kind of a big one. I think it's something clients deal with a lot is, is binging episodes, you know, especially in the realm of late night snacking, you know, you know, a lot of people, that's really where their weak spot is, is, you know, binge eating episodes. And I don't know if you've dealt with that a lot, but I've definitely seen it go up in the last few years with clients. Oh, for sure. Especially in, you know, pandemic times uh, in this last year. Oh, yeah. So I think binging is from what I've seen with the clientele that I work with is almost uh, the most it's ever been, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and that makes sense, you know, in stressful times, I think, uh, my, one of my clients was saying it's kind of similar back, back when like, you know, like the, the crash of like 2008 time, you know, like when there were some big heavy things and like 9-11, like whenever we have like these big, huge events, especially this thing is ongoing. Um, you know, I feel like it, it just kind of makes everything, what do you call it? Like uh, not emphasizes, but it makes everything, um, you know, just blow up. And yeah. so everything's more stressful. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's, it's totally makes sense in regards to that, but I definitely deal with a lot of clients that, that have some issues with, with binging. And, um, one of the things that I find, and I've spoken about this plenty before that happens is when people want to try and recover, you know, from a, from a binging episode, um, or maybe just really overdoing it is that they then slingshot back the opposite way and then over restrict. Yeah. Right. Like yeah, they had exactly. 2000, you know, uh, 3000 calorie days on Saturday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And then they go, well, now to make up for it, I have to go really low. And then they go to like, you know, 800 calories or something, which is just way too low. And then they they make it like a few days in or maybe even they make it most of the week. But then, boom, what ends up happening because they were restricting so much is they do it all over again. So there's like this binge restrict, binge restrict. So when someone, you know, has one of these things, you know, I always remind them, like, do not, like, don't punish yourself for it. Yeah. One, accept that it happened, you know, maybe learn from it, what led to it. Um, maybe you're just being too lax. Maybe you're really stressed out. Maybe you're having issues with your sleep, you know, and you're, you're kind of going, going towards that route. Um, you're just kind of filling that emotional void. And, you know, there's some other things obviously you can address, but, you know, when you're trying to recover from it, you just need to go back into a very balanced style of eating, you know, yeah. um, something I do recommend for people, especially, which, you know, tends to be the case is that when you're binging, it's usually not like you ate too much chicken breast and too many vegetables. It's, it's usually <laughs> exactly. sugar. And yeah, yeah. That stuff. not the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, what I tell people is, you know, you, you don't need a hundred percent eliminate it, but if you can just increase those proteins and fats for a few days, you're generally going to feel better because you're going to burn off some of that stored sugar, um, and get off some of that water weight. And just that alone is going to encourage you, but also you're going to be able to eat a lot of that food. So you should never feel like you're not getting to eat. So you're not restricting yourself you know, but you're kind of helping these things along a little quicker, you know, but even then, if you don't do that, you just go back to a balanced style of eating with moderate amount of carbs and healthy proteins and fats and veggies, it's going to come off like the water weight you gained, or a little bit of fat you gained, it's going to come off. It's a process. 
you know? So those, those binging episodes, I think it's just that shame, guilt, remorse, binge, like, like spectrum turns into an over-restriction to punish, kind of naturally almost punish ourselves back into that shame, guilt, remorse after, you know, binging again. So it's that vicious cycle, you know? No, no, it is. And it's, it's really, really mental. And I, I will say like one thing I hear a lot of people talk about, and I, and I actually do this, but you know, it's very easy to do this when you live on your own. It's, it's very difficult to do this when you have like, you know, living with other people, you're living with like, you know, family, kids, all that stuff is what I've like, I've stopped buying unhealthy snacks. So like, for me, like, you know, and I'm kind of mad at myself when I do feel like eating something like sugary and like really good. Cause I don't have anything here. Cause what I do, like I buy like the snacks I have are like pistachios and like chickpea puffs and all these things. So like in the moment when I'm like, Oh, I have a sweet tooth. I really wish I had something, you know, I actually have to get up and go out and go by. And I'm just, you know, I'm not going to do that, especially at night. So I think a good practice is, is not having those things around your home. Obviously, if you can do that, you know, like if you have kids and, you know, maybe you're like um, significant other, you know, likes a certain, t- like loves Oreos. So they always have Oreos in the house, you know, that, that makes it a lot more difficult doing it that way. So yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things. I think if it's in front of your face and you have a sweet tooth, you're going to grab it. So I just, I tend to keep it, keep it out of my, <laughs> out of my immediate reach at least. Yeah. And when it comes to kind of the late night snacking, I've, you know, especially uh, recently more tried to like basically set like a, a time, you know, of like, I'm trying to not, cause it's not as much like a, cause of weight gain. But what I did notice is that I was waking up sometimes with like a little bit more, you know, not he- like almost like heavy feeling because I was, yeah. if I have snacks late. So mm-hmm. I, I, you know, at least this time in my, my health journey and my, my age and body or whatever, it was saying, Hey, maybe the, you know, eating later for you is not working. And, you know, I, I've kind of implemented, you know, a, a time frame of, you know, after right about eight o'clock, I try not to have anything you yeah. know, and, and it definitely has made a really big difference. And in, in general, of like, I don't know, I just feel like, overall, you know, having a little bit on like longer of a fasting period, you know, mm-hmm. when I haven't don't have any calories coming in until like, you know, 830 nine o'clock in the morning, then for breakfast, um, it's, it's been really beneficial for me. I, I don't know, I guess it just it's been, it feels better to, to do it like that. And it's, you know, of course, it's at first it's not comfortable you know to kind of implement a time like that Mm -hmm. and it's not it's not saying it's required but if you look at science it does definitely show that you know it's recommended to have a a little bit longer period like that where you're not eating something you know for our insulin resistance for our glucose levels uh it is a beneficial period to have that especially uh you don't want to snack and then go right to bed yeah and i have heard that i've read some research about having those longer fasting periods And, you know, for people who like, especially now working from home, it's a little bit easier to do that. It's because, you know, some people only like, you know, have a lunch break or something like that. They don't really have the opportunity. So that's another challenge. But, you know, one big thing, and maybe you can answer this is so like, like whenever you're binging or especially in the morning, say you, I don't know, like, do you, um, you can still drink stuff like obviously water, stuff like that. Right. So do you, um, one thing I was told is really, really good. I was going to get your opinion on it during this, that the MCT oil, I heard if you like put Mm -hmm. that in your coffee or water or whatever, it, you know, add some calories in there, but it's not like food. So it'll help you like process a little bit better. I wasn't sure if you had heard of that or experienced that at all. 
Yeah, actually, you know, and that's kind of what, what I've been doing in the sense is that to keep my fast kind of going into the morning mm-hmm. is essentially what, what it does with MCT oil and, and high fat things like heavy whipping cream, MCT oil, grass, like butter or ghee. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one of the benefits of that is it's called fast mimicking. So what that means is because you fasted somewhat through, right, the night um, by, you know, stopping around eight and then it gets into the morning time. Well, you only have fat as your first source of calories. Your body can't turn fat at all into sugar. It's impossible for it to turn fat yeah. really into sugar. So then you you are still essentially, it's like your body's getting the benefits of the fasting period for like your glucose levels, your insulin resistance and things, um, you know, because of the fact you're only taking in fat. And MCT oil has other, you know, benefits in, in the way it's processed. You know, it can actually be um, utilized right away instead of stored mm-hmm. for it, it can be utilized more more quick it can be utilized quick more quickly i can't say it <laughs> but um yeah it, it can be utilized faster uh, for, for energy as a fat source so you know something like that is a, is a benefit and listen you know doing these fasting things um it's not for everybody and it and it can take uh, a little bit of of work to get into it but I know for me and then, you know, all the research that I've seen and even talking to our dietitian, Jen, you know, I think we we're going to actually have a podcast coming up speaking on kind of like fasting. Um, I guess I had some misconceptions around it. And, you know, because of the, it is a fad, you know, time restricted eating, intermittent fasting, whatever you want to call it. But that doesn't mean just because of the fad that it's not beneficial, you know? Yeah. And so I've kind of had to like take a step back because originally I, I kind of thought it wasn't, but you know, seeing a lot more research and then speaking to her more, you know, it, it seems to be that way. So we're, you know, we'll, we'll speak some more about it uh, in the, in the weeks to come. No, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've, um, I've, uh, I've definitely fasted before, not really like on purpose. I just, when I work, I, I, for, honestly, sometimes I forget to eat and it's just one of those things where like I'm working, working, working. So I don't really think about it. And I will say like, once I get to a point, I realize I haven't eaten, like, it's almost like, have a little bit clearer of a head, which is, which is kind of weird. I don't, I mm-hmm. never really knew what that was. I didn't really look into it. Um, but you know, the only danger with that is just, you know, sometimes if you like binge or not binge, if you like don't eat for a long time, then you just end up binge eating like way too much. But if yeah. you do it in a controlled way, kind of like what you're doing, I think that's a way more beneficial. Um, exactly. but I know we're running low on time, Zach. So, um, I think that's that's going to be it for today, but we appreciate all of our lis- uh, listeners as always. If you want to hear anything else, if you have a subject that you're curious about or you have something that you'd like me and Zach to discuss, um, shoot us a Facebook message. Um, follow us on our uh, Facebook community. Be happy to have you. And um, Zach, thanks for your time. Yeah, I think we're going to have to turn this into a part two. You know, we got some more some more common challenges and maybe solutions that we can give out. Uh, you know, we couldn't get to today. So might have a part two coming up. Yeah, definitely. We have more on the list that we didn't get to. So we will definitely do that. Um, as, as always, everybody stay safe and uh, we'll see you next time. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to the Fast Fork Podcast. To find out more about our sponsors, visit fastweightloss365.com. See you next time. And remember, folks, put your fork down.